podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Right, that was a good show, I thought. I thought I, I was nervous, but I think I got into it after Don't a little while. Don't be nervous, while. mate. You did fine. Thank you did you. four out of ten fine. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good one. We talked about a few things today. We, we sort of tackled quite weighty topics at the start of the show. Yeah. Berry and Bolton. I mean, I'm not, very, I'm not qualified for that at all. I don't understand fully how well, that people get the jobs. Oh, I see. Right. And then they go out a bit, how it happens. Yeah. I just don't understand it fully. It's mad. There's so much money in football. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we do talk about this in a bit, so let's not yeah. get involved too much now. We hear from Lloyd Griffith. Yeah. Lloyd Griffith, eh? Beautiful voice. Beautiful vo- when singing. Yeah, oh yeah, normal yeah. voice. Very normal difficult voice. to listen to. Mm. Um, and we also, I sort of get quite angry at Derby County. I do a bit of a flip-flop on, on what happened last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy it. I, I, I hope you really enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, see you later. Cheers. The Whistleblowers is supported by Matchpint. The Matchpint app is a sports pub finder. Want to know which pub is showing the match you want to watch? Well, Matchpint will tell you. They're also giving our listeners, listen to this, Stu, they're giving our listeners a free Budweiser. Just, yeah, yeah, whoa. Just make score predictions uh, this week on the televised Premier League games in the Whistleblowers League, and your correct predictions will win you Budweiser's real life, actual physical Budweiser's you can drink. Uh, top the Whistleblowers League, and you can win the monthly prizes. Prizes such as Premier League match day tickets, shirts, a bar tab, and much more. Much more. <laughs> head to the App Store and search Matchpint, or alternatively head to matchpint.co.uk forward slash app and use the code WHISTLE. That's WHISTLE to join our league. And why wouldn't you, Stu? Why wouldn't you join our league? Uh, busy. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's... That's fair. Uh, that voice you can hear is the voice of uh, Stuart Laws. Stuart Laws is a, a comedian, a producer, and a freelance football journalist and broadcaster. That's fair. That's fair, isn't it? Uh, and I'm Mark Smith. I'm here as ever. Martin Gritton, Uncle Gritz, is uh, away at the minute. Yeah, with the fishes. No, he's not with the fishes. He is in Birmingham visiting friends. Uh, he'll be back next week, though, hopefully, unless, you know, he doesn't make it out alive. Stu. Yes. Big week this week. Very big week. So tonight is Wednesday. We're recording a day later than normal, and it does make it feel like the weekend just gone was ages and ages and ages ago. Yeah. Feels like we're in next week now, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, So we won't talk too much about the the games just gone, because it does feel like it was so far away. But there's been big news in the league this week, down down the sort of pyramid... Of football, yeah, the lower the lower reaches, League yeah, One, yeah, League, League One. One. So, as everyone would know, uh, Berry, as of last night, have been, I guess, it's liquidated the right word, but they've definitely gone out of business. Mm. Um, but it looks like there there might be some untangling to be done yet, because it sounds as though they have had another offer accepted. Steve Dale, the chairman, there has I said some pretty atrocious things. Said some awful things, uh, run everything terribly, but he's saying he's had another bid uh, for the club from, from actual people that can, pay, that can afford to pay and get them out of debt and pay the players. So it might still be savable? I don't know. What do you read into this? It feels like when you say that you've got a girlfriend from another school that no one else has heard of, mm. he's saying we've got people taken over. Yeah. I guarantee it's just around the corner. Keep us in, keep the schedule. But, what's the, but what's, what, what is there to gain for him doing this? It's, uh, it's strange, because he seems to have a complete dislike of the club. Well, yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds like he... It's not even a dislike, it's just an ambivalence. Like, he doesn't yeah. even know about the club. He doesn't... 
care enough about the club to dislike them. Yeah. He just doesn't really know anything about them. Like, there was that snippet on the Tony Livesey show on, on Five Live where he, he openly said that, I don't like football, I didn't know Barry even had a club until I then went and bought it. And Yeah, so what's, how has he got into that situation? That's the bigger problem, right? Why, how has the, the EFL allowed that to happen? Right. And this fit and proper test, I mean, does that exist anymore? The fit and proper person's test does exist still, but as evidenced by this and, I mean, other examples, Roman de Chatelet, hmm. um, I mean, Bolton, about five minutes before we came on air, have, it looks like they've been bailed out, so they're, yeah. they're okay. But it's not the first time this has happened where, where an owner has, you know, really struggled slash actively gone out to sabotage a club. This is what it feels like. I know that hasn't happened, but it feels like that's what's happened. Now, the EFL have got a lot to answer for here because, like you say, I don't know what the test is comprised of. Normally, you have to be able to show you've got enough funds to pay the debts and pay the players for a certain amount of time. Mm. But none of that seems to have happened here. Should the first question be, do you know that this town has a football (laughs) team? Yeah, Yeah. probably. That's a big one, straight away. Just a simple yes, no. Yeah, yeah. 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 You weed him out early doors then? Yeah, you'd think so, but... The EFL, I, I suppose, if, if you're going to sort of look at the other side of it, you could say, well, if he was the only possible buyer at the time, because they were struggling still at the time, even yeah. though they're doing well in the league and going up to League One, if he was the only actual person with the hat in the ring for this job and taking over the club, then, then what do the EFL do then? Do they say, no, you can't have it and, and, and it's going to continue as it is and just go out of business anyway? Or, I don't know, just take a punt. Is that what they've done? Have they taken a punt on this guy? I mean, the problem is that the, 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 those smaller clubs, that mm. it is a situation, right, where, you know, Wickham Wanderers, my local team, mm. they've just gotten rid of a load of players because they can't afford to keep them on there. You know, yeah. they got up some miraculously. And so that, how is, the, how is the money not trickling down? The championship is one of the top six attended leagues in the world. Yeah. So in the Europe, league, yeah. In, in, in Europe, sorry. Uh and how is that money not trickling further down the the pyramid? So, in, in theory, it should be that Premier League players buy play. Uh, sorry, Premier League teams buy players off Championship, who then buy off League One, League Two, etc. And the money filters down that way. Yeah, that's not really happening anymore because domestic players are so expensive that Premier League teams generally go abroad, and Championship players go abroad, teams go abroad. Um, for me, the way you get around this, and this might be pie in the sky. Football socialism, I don't know. But for me, what I'd say is the Premier League has got 20 teams. There are dozens and dozens, hundreds of of rich people around the world that want to be a part of that, who want to be able to buy into a club, own a club, or at least be a big investor in one. And I'd say that what you do, because there's such short supply of Premier League teams, is they, each year, the owners have to pay a premium, let's say 0.5% of turnover, Mm -hmm. which is still a huge amount of money for these clubs. And it all goes into a slush fund then that slush fund is then worth millions, tens of millions, and it saves clubs like this. So if Bury go into debt, and if Bury it all goes tits up, it gets bailed out by this Premier League slush fund. Now, it doesn't mean that there is an incentive as a lower league club to run yourself into debt, knowing that you're going to get bailed out by one of the bigger boys, because yeah, yeah. you should still get you know, on-field penalties, transfer, ban, embargo, or... Point deductions. Sure, yeah. So there's still a reason to not want to do that at any cost. And points deductions are some of the most exciting things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Be like you, you're starting the season, how many points you got? As minus long, 12. Yeah, as long as it's not your club. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it is exciting when you see, oh, minus 12, oh, eh? Good luck, Luton. Yeah. Off you go. 
Yeah. But I just think maybe that is all pie in the sky, but I, I do feel as though there has to be some sort of safeguarding in place, a safety net that allows, essentially, the founders and the, the first people at the that existed in English league football, they should have some sort of safeguarding from it, I think. Yeah, I, it, it seems crazy that the amount of money that is in football that a team like Berry can be basically having to take a punt on a guy who doesn't know they exist. Yeah. And that that is literally their last and that's hope. Their, that's their and option. it buys them a year. Yeah. That Probably is, not even that. Was it December he took over? Was it? Yeah, so that is an insane situation yeah. for football to be in. It is terrible. Um, I've got no idea what the answer is uh if you've got any ideas why not get in touch with the podcast we're yeah, at football at podcast. anyone at gig lane yeah give them a buzz uh moving on um now this annoyed me i don't know if it annoyed you i want to talk about the crystal palace official twitter account what do you know about the crystal palace twitter account uh that crystal palace finally uh went for ashley young <laughs> finally, after, finally after years yeah of getting away with it they took him down well, didn't he score a couple of goals against them in quite an important game? And he, I and he think was at he Watford. dived outside the area, didn't he? Oh, was that another thing as against well? When he was, well, there's yeah. a few reasons. But uh, if you don't know the story, um, at the weekend, United lost to Palace. And Palace official Twitter account released a video of Wilf Zaha just absolutely destroying Ashley Sitting Young. him down. That's one of yeah, the best properly in football. Down, proper ankle breaker, as yeah. I say, in basketball. Um, and then not delivering a cross because Ashley Young blocked it. And everyone said, ah, what a great bit of banter, what a great banter account from Crystal Palace, brilliant stuff. And then Andros Townsend, Palace winger, said, actually, you know what? We should be celebrating this guy. He's a 34-year-old ex-winger who's getting skinned by one of the best players in the league, which is it's normal, it's, it's to be expected. And the guy still blocked the cross. We should celebrate this rather than take the mick out of it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people said, oh, Andros, come on, mate, you must be fun at parties, all the sort of rubbish replies you get on Twitter. But I'm on Andros Townsend's side here. I think we're in an era... And in a moment where people are talking about social media, Twitter in particular, and abuse of players. Yeah. Now, I think you always have to imagine, when you put anything out online, you have to imagine the thickest person you've ever met. Yep. And you're doing a podcast with them. (laughs) Yeah, I've invited them on the show. (laughs) The thickest person you've ever met will be reading these tweets, right? And they'll see that if Palace, the official Palace account, if they're taking the mick oh, that means I can do it too, and I can do it much more harshly because I'm in no official capacity. Yeah, because I'm just, I'm just a person. I'm not an entire club. Right, I'm just a person. And if they can do it, then that means it's all right. It's red rag to a bull. I can say what I want. Mm. This sort of thing, I think, incites people, and I think it excites people, and it inflames this whole thing. It's not a huge leap of imagination to go, well, Palace are taking the piss out of Ashley Young. Maybe I can call him whatever, dot, dot, dot. What do you think? Is that, is that me being... Uh, no, I, overly sensitive is that me making false equivalences or what i agree i think twitter is has this crazy sort of situation where you can't get across nuance in it in any way no and yeah there's no font called like yeah sarcasm font. here we go here's a little bit of sarcasm he must be fun at parties yeah. so there and so have a, a proper full you know you imagine the england football team twitter doing something yeah sort of you know, antagonising the Germans after we beat them. Mm-hmm. What that could provoke in, yeah. a, in a legion of people yeah. is just... That's what often happens is people just need that little permission of like, yeah. here you go, it's all right to do this. But that, but the England-Germany thing would have its own context behind it, right? Mm. So you, you'd have the people that are morons who go, England-Germany? Oh, war. Yeah. And that's all they know about it. Palace and 
Ashley Young doesn't really have that, but it, it starts this, this dialogue, which mm. you only really get on social media, where it's all black and white. There's no nuance, like you say. So how do you how do you combat that? Do you just say right? Let's let's just sod off all of these banter accounts because they're rubbish generally on the whole. Anyway, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the point of it is. I think when when it is a banter account, you can accept it, right? But you want to keep you want to keep okay, some yeah. sort of no, light what I mean is, yeah, fine with the banter accounts and yeah, the ones yeah. that are explicitly joke accounts yeah, yeah. and just parody accounts or just fun accounts. Fine, I'm not no problem with that. I'm a comedian; it's fine. But it's when the official clubs, yeah, yeah. absolutely lower their levels. But it, it's also that sort of picking on the individual player and sort of drawing that attention in and creating this sort of tribal thing, which obviously can be a great thing in football. But when yeah. it gets to levels where you just well, it's I mean, just timing. It's, at the minute, we're all talking about Pogba being abused, or Rashford being abused. Mm. There's, there's several players, there's dozens of players I'm sure it's happened to. We had Dwayne Holmes at Derby get abused. It's like you've got to, at some point, take some responsibility. Harry Maguire at United had the idea of saying, right, Twitter, you've got to verify everyone that, that joins up, and therefore you're accountable yeah, for yeah. what you put out. And that, that's Harry a good Maguire's way of doing it. Yeah, Harry Maguire's. I don't think it's his original idea, but he... First time I'd heard it, I thought it was I a great like idea. It. I like it. <laughs> okay, well, well done, old slabhead. Yeah, Lovely bit of business. Plenty of knowledge in that slabhead of his. Um, I feel like it, it would be fine between official accounts where it's not like you're directing at... So if it's like... I think Spurs did that when VAR came to the rescue one of the thousands of times it's done it mm. against Man City. You go, that seems fine because it's two bear moths sort yeah. of going off against each other. Yeah. It's like Pacific Rim. But you don't yeah. want one giant monster going after a tiny little player. No, no, I agree. And also, it's, it's understood there as well that they are both equal in power, and therefore it's yeah, and it's run by some work experience. It's just this guy an admin who yeah, yeah. yeah, twenty two grand a year, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you mentioned their Spurs and VAR. Mm. Don't know if you did this on purpose, but that is a perfect little Go segue uh, because you're a Spurs fan. Big, big, it's big Spurs, big Spurs fan. fan. Yeah, yeah, sorry, um, and. This weekend, they sort of dealt a pretty bad hand from VAR for the first time probably yeah, ever. Yeah, the bad hand belonging to the cells. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about this. First of all, the result. Uh, oh, one that had Newcastle. Yeah, not a good result. Uh, we, should, we should probably talk about Spurs' league form this calendar year. Yeah, since, um, since Kane got back from injury. Right. The first time against Burnley. That? The Burnley was the second game. The first game that he was back. We when lost the year was this? What, what? Uh, this would have been late February, early March. Okay. Since then, I think what we've beaten Crystal Palace and we've beaten Huddersfield, and that's and then Aston Villa. That's it. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. If that's not true, do you are you happy to take flack for that? Yeah, yeah, t- okay. I, yeah. Bring it on. That's so it's not. This on. is this is this isn't something that has come up overnight. Then this is this has been something brewing for a little while. Yeah, and I feel like so last season Spurs didn't have a midfield. Mm-hmm. And so our game plan was bypass the midfield, either with Sissoko bombing through it or Alderweireld sending balls over it. Okay. And that works fine when you've got Lorente as a big man up there. You've got sort of Delhi doing bits that probably wasn't getting respected last season. But this season, uh, we haven't got that and teams have sort of figured out what to do is just to sit off of us right and we didn't take any risks against newcastle so we were playing the game we we're playing the ball about playing it very safely you know it's what it's what tottenham is built on but we didn't when that wasn't working and we weren't creating gaps we didn't then take those lower percentage chances options maybe it's a pot shot from the edge maybe it's a, an unlikely ball or a dink or a long ball or something like that where you can get you can drag players out of position you can get 
rebounds, things like that. So it was disappointing. And the the, the penalty, you know, fine. But, I mean, yeah, the, the penalty is the one that sort of piqued my interest most of all because we saw the day before with uh, David Silva at Bournemouth. Mm. And Salah the, as well, getting the yeah. shirt tug. Yeah, but Salah, that was good. got it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the, the David Silva one, he gets stamped on his foot, yeah. goes down, no penalty. All right, fine, ref didn't see it, ref didn't think it was a penalty. But then you have the VAR look at it, and we're told that it's got to be a clear and obvious error from the referee. If that's not clear and obvious, and if the Kane one with Lascelles isn't clear and obvious, I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't yeah. know what has to happen in the area for them to overturn it. It seems to me that they have referees or ex-referees in the VAR booth who just want to essentially back their friends and not give the referees' union a bad name. Yeah, that seems to be early doors. Is There's been very little overturning of decisions, right? So if are these anything, teething problems for you, do you think? So maybe. I, think, I feel like I, that's what I wonder with the Salah one. If it hadn't been spotted, would it have been given? Because yeah. it was a very slight tug. It was obvious. But it was clear and obvious. Yeah, yeah. But would that have been enough to overturn it? We don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it would have been. Because the, 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 it should have been. Yeah. In my opinion, absolutely should have been. But if they're not given the Kane one, where, I mean, Lascelles has sort of almost rugby tackled him, sort of... Yeah, and it's not not necessarily Lascelles is aiming to do that. No, absolutely not, but, but it's a definite penalty. I mean, yeah, Kane, yeah. Kane's going through. Had it on Saturday with uh, Martial as well against, uh, mm. against Palace. Yeah. Happened a few times, and he thought, well, if, the, if they don't overturn this, I don't understand what the point of the rule is. I think because the, uh, the Women's World Cup scared people into what VAR is going to do. Hmm. In that too was, much interference. So much interference, so much time spent. Every game had seven, eight minutes of, yeah. of stoppage time. So it felt like that statement early on went out to be like, and they invited all the journalists down to have a look, yeah. a look at it, to be like, we're not going to ta- change your beloved game. Yeah, fine. I, know I, get, I do get that. But in, in which case, don't have them referred to for those penalties then. If you're yeah, not yeah. going to turn them over, you're still taking time to look at them. That, yeah. That's the time element still gone. But if you're not going to turn them over, let's just have VAR for absolutes. So, you know, offsides or... Yep. Which has got, it's got its own issues with that. But offsides and the ball going over the line, things that are, that are certainties, yeah. where there's no subjectivity at all. I think, well, I wonder what it'll be like in about three months. It's settled in, um, yeah. whether or not by then they'll be like, okay, people don't hate VAR as much as they th- we thought they might at this point. Now we'll start dropping yeah. in a few more. Because at the minute we're using it differently to everyone else in the world. Yeah, so I don't see mad. what the point of that is. Germany yeah. has it where, where they do it, as you'd imagine, they're good and they're efficient and they get it done and it makes sense and in the crowd if you're there on the day it's clear and it's it's simple to understand here we seem to have complicated it for whatever reason and it will bite us on the backside because when we play in europe Mm. we're playing a different sort of var english referees won't get to referee those games won't get to referee international games it's all going to come back and bite them anyway enough of that we're going to a break Uh, actually i've got a missed call yeah i've got a voicemail who's it from so, uh, it's from Lloyd Griffith, friend of the show. Yeah, comedian. lovely guy. Yeah, let's see what he's got to say. This is the Vodafone voicemail service for... The Whistleblowers. Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Hello there, Mark. Hello there, Stuart. It is your favourite comedian here from Grimsby uh, called Lloyd. Over 17 phone. It's, it's Lloyd Griffith is what I'm trying to say. What a weekend of sport it has been. Obviously, you all follow Martin Grit on social media, so you've seen the uh, absolute smorgasbord of cricket. Uh, but for me, for the football, two, two main things to talk about this weekend. Not just Grimsby's 5-2 win over Port Vale, having been 1-0 down. Uh, bringing in really the team performance of all team performances 
uh, but it was also Liverpool's inability to keep a clean sheet and therefore ruining every single person's fantasy football scene up and down the country like Van Dijk St Alexander Arnold Robertson everyone's got them and they concede for the third week and he had me crying so if you've got them in your team chin up chins up um, that, that's all I've got really that's, my, my train's just arrived and this is just coming under one minute so three two one hope you well take care cheers bye yeah no I'm coming I'm, uh, I'm back with Stu Laws Stu Laws enjoy the advert break it was really nice actually this one <laughs> good yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was good. It was yeah. pretty good, wasn't it? Um, I want to talk about this. Yeah? We talked about this earlier, off-air. Let's try it on-air. Okay. Alexis Sanchez. Gone. Never heard of him. He's gone. He's left Man United. Yeah, that is... Gone to Inter Milan. That is what? What are you going to say? Uh, well, I didn't realise how bereft their squad was until you ran through it with me. Right. And it is crazy. Yeah. Like, if Pogba gets injured, they're playing the, the forest giants in the middle. Yeah. What are they? 6'6? Six, 6'8? Six, six, <laughs> six, six, yeah. Yeah, okay, but Sanchez, I mean, in terms of depth in his position and going forward, as far mm. as I can see. Well, Matter just steps in, surely. But he's played, Sanchez has been playing sort of wide of a, on a oh, three. Oh, well, then perfect. Uh, Dan I mean, James steps in. How old is he's he? He's already stepped in. He's on, he's on the right. Oh, he's, he's already, already there. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, So that's now fine. your options um, are Rashford, Martial, who might be injured. Yeah. Dan James is 21 and pretty, you know, largely unproven. Yeah, a couple of goals there, looking good. Yeah, looks good, no no doubt about that. But he's unproven compared yeah. to an international like Alexis Sanchez. And then you're looking at, there's one injury to one of those guys. You're looking at Mason got Greenwood. Lingard. Lingard's stepping in, surely. Lingard's playing in midfield as a 10, he's not playing that same role. So you're looking at Mason Greenwood, who's a 17-year-old, who might be great, but also might not mature for five years. Might not hit his peak for 10 years. Or if he's Lingard, 12 years. Might never be. <laughs> yeah. So... I suppose you've got to weigh it up. How much of a disaster must he have been in the dressing room mm. for morale of the squad? Because what, they've lost Herrera and... So they lost Herrera, who was a starting midfielder. They lost Lukaku, who, for better or worse, was, is their number one striker, or was the number one striker. Yeah. Which are both fine if you replace them. And they haven't at all. And now they're losing Sanchez, who, of course, he's not first choice. He's probably not even second choice. But he's depth of squad. He gives you something. Even if it's just a body who knows how to play position. It felt he's like someone. literally a year ago that United had way too many options across that front three. Yeah, where it was now like, it feels like what has happened. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there, really. Yeah. And, Mar- you know, Martial and Rashford, great. Yeah. But That's I'm not sure either of them would get into Liverpool or no. City's front three. I think they both get into the squads. Yep. Straight up. But but they might not get any further than yeah, that. Certainly, yeah. as it current, they're certainly not getting to Liverpool's front three. They're not getting to Man City's front three, but they'd be squad players for the time being, I think. I'd argue they'd potentially... They'd be nudging at Spurs' front three. There'd be arguments yeah. for it. But I'd feel like Son and Kane are ahead of them. Well, this, yeah, absolutely. This, this, is, this is the issue at United, is that there is no depth. The players that do start, yeah, they're good. But mm. are they going to be good enough to fact, break they're, top they're, four, they're top below, three? They're below Arsenal as well. Yeah, Chelsea, they're getting right. Chelsea, fine. Yeah, so I mean, Sanchez, I said this last week, Sanchez I think actually could have done a job for this Solskjaer side because they play a high press and he's mm. quite an aggressive player, likes to get the ball high up on the pitch. He might not have been a bad shout. And it seems strange to me that I understand that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is trying to be ruthless because he's got this image of being nicey-nicey, all oh, the players call me Ole, we're all just mates. And it makes sense for him to want to cull 
players from that side. But I think, assuming it's him making the decision, I feel like he's been a bit hasty on this. And he's expecting too much of the likes of youth players like Tahit Chong, who yeah. again is, what, 18, 19? Angel Gomez, who's 19. And obviously Mason Greenwood, I've already mentioned, is 17. He's got a lot of pressure on those guys. Yeah. So essentially, what, they're defence-wise, they went, they went in, they fixed that. Yeah. But what's the point, unless your midfield can, can block off runners? Do they assume they just had that sorted? No, they can't have done. Because they they're not terribly high scorers well, what's the, what's the were equivalent a couple of, of seasons ago. What's the equivalent of Spurs? It's the, it's the equivalent of getting rid of Son, getting rid of whoever, and, then, and just having Troy Parrott. Yeah, yeah. And nothing wrong with Troy Parrott. I think Love, he'd be a really yeah, good player. I think he should get more opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you don't go, right, Troy, you're going to be starting 30 games this season. Yeah, yeah. We need to break down Newcastle. It's all on you. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that is a huge mistake that they've made. And it makes me think he must have been real, sort of really, and I don't like to use this word, but, but cancerous. In that, in that squad. Yeah, I guess well, what is good about United this year is there does seem to be a direction that United board are finally sort of supporting a manager on. What's that? In that there is a youth to it. There is a, an attempt to create a team of more likeable players. See, I, I don't agree with that. Really? So I, I think that they're using the youth thing as a very... Um, helpful sort of crutch to, at the moment they're not they're not investing in the side you can look at the stats and go well they spent under 50 million or 60 million this this summer it's a lot of money but offset that with the players they've let go Lukaku and again they don't talk about net spend but they've only really spent 70 million quid is that going to get you nearer to City and Liverpool when City are spending 65 million on a reserve right back so what's the point of them doing that if it's, it's, potentially Oli's going to go because I don't think you know, until United's owners are interested in what happens on the pitch rather than purely off it, every manager will have the same problem. They, 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 are, they only seem to be bothered, really, that they're making money off the pitch. And off the pitch, they're better than they've ever been. They're making more money than they've ever made. They're huge all around the world. Africa's the emerging market they've been targeting. Obviously, Asia, as it has been for years. America's the same. South America. They're massive all around the world. They're selling all sorts of shirts, merchandise, whatever. And as long as they're making money from that, that can service their debts for other things. That's all they're bothered about. Okay, what's and it's very short-term, because if they're not, if they're not making progress in the league kids in england don't care kids yeah, yeah. in china don't care unless they're winning stuff again you know they won't they'll, they'll support city they'll support you well know, how many right backs they've got five right backs right so that'll be fine <laughs> they're well stocked at right back yeah yeah you i know, agree with that what if uh, if dalot drops out fine if wambasaka drops out fine they've got phil jones he's stepping in yeah if he could drop something actually young and you've got phil in. jones that's that's the the australian market um Stuart, yeah last night was um glorious <laughs> yeah, what'd you do? <laughs> I, I just got back late and uh, had cool. some nice food. Party. Uh, League Cup last night. Yeah. Uh, Derby County played Forest. I don't want to make it too Derby-centric. I'm not that sort of guy. Yeah, but mainly because you got absolutely destroyed, right? All right, mate. Uh, we did get destroyed. Uh, I want to ask you this, though. By your so, rivals? Yes. Mm. So this is the issue. Now, normally I'd say, all right, playing League Cup, play a few of the kids, play the reserves, play some lads coming back from injury, you know, the only 80%, and just give them some minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'll be fine, fine. with that. And I'm sort of fine with it last night, even though it's against Forest. I want to see your take on this. I want to hear, if you're playing Arsenal, does the fact that it's League Cup and not as important to you, let's, let's assume, let's pretend for this scenario, let's say you're not that bothered about League Cup, does it make a difference that it's against Arsenal? Yeah. Do you now want to win that game, or at least put in a good showing? Yeah. And you can come out of it feeling like, you know, that season uh, Flamini scored two goals against us, like a worldie. Mm-hmm. And we lost two 0 or two one in the League Cup third round. It feels sickening. Yeah, because 
not only have Arsenal beaten you, they've beaten you with Flamini. <laughs> like, that hurts more. Because Forrest didn't put out their best team either. No, that's right. And they so had a young you've team. been beaten by an understrength. Yes, but Forrest have Forrest. got about three first teams. They have, like, some 45 first-team squad members. Right. So there is that. Yeah, yeah. So they could legitimately use some of those players in the League Cup and mm. use them well. Fine. But let's ignore what they're doing. If it's against Forest, I wonder... I know there's a lot of fans, Derby fans, who would have much preferred we play our strongest team because it's Forest, not because it's League Cup, because it's Forest. It's also early in the season. Right. Like... Are you saying don't risk them or do risk them? No, it's a, you can risk them. Everyone's getting up to speed. They're it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You get through to the next round, you rest them for that one. You pass Forest. you've dealt them a drubbing. Yeah. Deli Alley last season scoring that chip against Czech. Mm. Again, it, you know, that was far better than... Yeah. You know, they'd beaten us in the league a little bit before. End of the season, we were ahead of them in the league because we saved that Aubameyang penalty. We beat them in the League Cup. It was fine. We didn't win it, but we had that night where, where it happened. That's yeah. more exciting, I think. And also, so you had those moments yeah. that you can remember. It was the derby game. Because I guess in 10 years' time, you go, oh, we scored in the derby. You don't necessarily think Cup or League or what. Yeah, yeah. But also, I wonder how much of early season momentum can be lost from uh, a pretty terrible result as we had last night against Forest. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, Derby, you've got a new manager, big turnover on team, right? Yeah. So you've lost quite a few people. That is a chance for sort of to start bedding in. People to get, building those links on the field, understand the way the manager wants it to be played, and they've lost it straight away. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, I feel like I've changed my mind in the last few minutes, yeah. and we should have probably played a stronger team. Really strong team. Yeah, I think, in a way... You should have played another, just, person, another yeah. team's team. I think, in a way, I was just trying to sort of mask my disappointment yeah. by pretending... That's no, terrible that's fine. for you. Mm, really bad. Uh, moving on to this weekend's fixture stew. Uh, what is leaping out of the page for you? I mean, I imagine it's the biggie. Ah. It's the derby on Sunday. It's Rangers Celtic. And I'm a huge, huge fan because Defoe, perfect hat-trick a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. And he's going to do it again. <laughs> is he? <laughs> yeah, he's going to score a perfect hat-trick of hat-tricks. See, if Grits was here, we could talk about... Celtic in much more detail but he's not so we'll talk mm. about Spurs Arsenal instead then I mean, we mentioned it a little bit there I think I just want to all I want here is a little summary and a prediction okay Spurs cannot break down teams that sit back at the moment we haven't got into our rhythm and we absolutely should have got destroyed by Man City not a great start to the season but Arsenal are going to be gunning for us it's going to open the field out Son Kane a couple of goals each yeah a couple of goals each. Yeah, Mora. You want him to have some as well? That's five. He could have a couple. Six goals? Yeah. All right. And how many for Arsenal? Seven. Oh, that's yeah. All of Bamiyang. Uh, United travel to uh, Southampton. Yep, early kickoff on Saturday. I feel like that's got Southampton written all over it. Yeah. Hassan Hutt was doing a number. Yeah. I think you could couple do. Of, couple of high-pressing teams. Yeah. And, it's, and you've, they've got, what, they've got Ings, who keeps scoring mad Ch- goals. Ch- Adams has yet to sort of really kick off as well and he's a yeah. good player I think he could do some damage uh, always early kickoffs. I always feel like home teams for some reason uh, I back them a bit bit more heavily on that I'm not sure why that do is do you know the statistics on that no idea maybe no you idea. can I want to uh, do that yeah do do that um, but yeah it could be a bloodbath two high pressing teams could be I'm going to go two all two all yeah I think, I think Southampton got it okay uh, Chelsea host Sheffield United easy <laughs> okay <laughs> I d- disagree, but carry on. There'll uh, be two kickoffs at least. Palace at home to Villa. Uh, that I genuinely think is the toughest one to predict, right? Yeah, I think the Villa look good. I think Villa and Palace, I think, could will both stay up this season. Yep. Uh, Palace will have to attack more than they did at the weekend when they beat United. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't understand them as a team. <laughs> no, no. I really don't understand I, I, how they're effective. I'm a big fan of Palace. I, yeah. I, they have some players that I'm, I really just love watching. Yeah. And I think Gary Cahill as a signing is really good. I think he brings experience and he, he can play out the back. And I think genuinely, I, I don't know, they're not, they're not scoring goals apart from against United. <laughs> and, and they're... Team yeah. of right backs. I suppose this is like the first sort of real litmus test then, because I think you go to United, it's it's a free hit really for a mm. club like Palace historically. Home to Villa, you're expected to get something, so we'll see here actually have they improved what's happened. Uh, Leicester home to Bournemouth. This would be a good game to watch, I think. It's a bit yeah. fun one. Madison looks like he's really starting to become something special. Uh, Vardy still dangerous. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens because I guess the thing with Leicester at the moment is their defence sort of fully how that's settling now Maguire's gone yeah. uh, I'd be interested to see how Bournemouth deal with that City Brighton home win yep easy uh, Newcastle Watford mm. yeah Watford get their first points okay yeah so they're the only team without any points so far this season everyone's yeah. got at least three right so this is a pretty important one Newcastle playing at home having to attack it'd be very different to the yeah Spurs very different game. I think I think Grazia is is not long for this for, for Hertfordshire no, I think he's the first one to go. Yeah, uh, West Ham home to Norwich. Probably three all. This has got written all over. Three it. all. Yeah. Another Why not? Pookie hat trick. Why not? Why yeah. not? He's he's a nightmare to play against. It looks like. I think it will take teams a long time to figure him out. And by that point, hopefully Norwich will be safe. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, now, before we came on air, you said about this game something very surprising. Burnley home to Liverpool. Yep, Burnley going to do the number. <laughs> Burnley, the great statistic sort of freak of the league. Yep. Uh, I think Dyche is going gonna, is gonna to find something, and Barnes is in incredible form. Um, four goals already, Barnes. Yeah. Chris Wood, who was the top scorer in, in, the, in all of English football in pre-season, has just been overshadowed by Ashley Barnes. And Barnes is not just scoring, sort of lump it up to him. He's scoring good goals. He's a good player. He's a yeah. good player. Uh, and finally, Everton Wolves, which, yeah, I mean, I, I do care. This, to me, is... Um, it's one of those crucial games now. I think Everton, Wolves, Leicester, oh, yeah. I think West Ham are in, the, are in the mix for yeah. that tier down. And I think Man United are going to get bundled into that. Yeah, absolutely. They could do. Yeah. They could do, yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting time. I think it's an interesting time generally this season for football. Um, I, I don't think the threshold for points to go down will be as high as 40. I think it'd be a lot lower than that. And I think there'll be a few surprises in there. Who's the... I, I can't think of a third team. To go down? Yeah. No, this is why it's... Exciting. Well, who are your two that you've got? Uh, Newcastle and Sheffield United. See, I think it'd be wrong on one of those. Really? I think it'd be wrong on one of those, yeah. At least one of those. Which one? I'm not telling you. Good on you. <laughs> You've been burnt before. Right, this has been the Whistleblowers Podcast. If you like it, do subscribe, tell your friends about it, tweet about it, whatever. Um, also, follow the account. We're at Football Podcast. Still not sure how we got that. <laughs> that, that handle. It's ridiculous. There must be a billion of them. Anyway, well done to us, I suppose. <laughs> Until next time, I've been Mark Smith. That's been Stuart Laws. Thank you. Uh, see you next time. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.